This is episode 185 of the Focused Mindset Podcast. And have you checked out EliminateBullying.com yet? What are you waiting for? This is the third of a three-part series on bullying with Michelle and Stephanie. They're amazing. If you have missed the first two sessions, you are going to want to pop up and listen to 183 and 184 to really get the full message that these ladies are sharing about really the exciting adventure that we can look forward to when we help our child with something as serious as bullying, when we empower them. I'll have to have a whole nother episode on how exciting it is to watch a child take ownership of their behavior, to watch the bully feel like they have a voice, uh, even in their own quiet little way where they're not called out and they're able to say, I, 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 I think I can make a change in my life to watch the people that have been in this child's life, watching the bullying occurred, uh, the watching the victim, if you will, be bullied to make a change and how just how much they love that. And most importantly, to watch somebody that's been targeted and put down and felt marginalized and small to have a sense of hope like they never have before because they are living a new reality. Okay, enough. I'm just, okay, I'm just getting ahead of myself. You guys need to hear it from Michelle and Stephanie. They're going to even give you actual examples of kids they've worked with. And we're going to get moving. It's part three of our bullying series. Let's get started. This is the podcast where you learn how to build stronger connections and have better conversations using the solution-focused approach. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a solution-focused life coach, and each week we learn new strategies so that we can build our families strong and be the person that we were always meant to be. You can learn more about our products and services by going to thefocusedmindset.com or hop over to Amazon to get 30 Days to Higher Hopes. I keep it for myself. I work in the same school district as my children, right? So, right, they hesitate talking to me because they know I have connections. <laughs> They'll be like, if I tell you this, you're going to call up so-and-so and so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And I have to try and use that same thing to be like, look, I'm just listening to you right now. Like, right. that's off the table. And it's hard to do. It's not the easiest thing. Because I'm really like, hard. it's on speed dial. I'm going to call you. I'm going to tell the whole world about it, you know, because there are babies, you know. Right. But um, walk me through uh, that initial time when you're helping the child tell their story. And that is such a sensitive time, but you're helping them tell their story and write that narrative. And you want them to be able to get to that um, solution focused talk, that talk that's what are the solutions, but give us an idea of how that would work. Like walk us through that. Do you want to talk about Carlos? Give us an example. That'd be even better. I want to hear about Carlos, (laughs) but first of all, we forgot to talk about how this has been working for you guys, right? Yeah. How, tell us a little bit about your data. So to date, we have over a thousand um, concerns that have come to our department. 
And this this is just these are just the concerns beyond the school site. So this doesn't include the concerns that go to the 75 schools, but everything that comes to our office when when parents are saying, you know, um, my kiddo has been getting bullied for this amount of time and I'm so frustrated. Things are getting worse. I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I need help. That's been over a thousand. So we're at suspected bullying. Then of those, um, all of those concerns, what we do is we go out, we work alongside the counselor or whoever the intervention is, and we do that first screening we were talking about with that interview with care. Then that's when we assess to distinguish is it is this bullying situation, is a conflict, and then we do the intervention. So we've had about 200, um, 240. Confer- 40 confirmed yeah. um, bullying cases of those concerns that have come in. So most of the time, it's actually not bullying. It's actually yeah. something else. Even though we were the bullying intervention team, we this year we're, we stuck a C in there. We, we're like, no, we're the bullying conflict intervention team because most of the time we're doing um, restorative mediations, which, which is another narrative approach. Uh-huh. Um, we have run a couple hundred of these teams. So we have hundreds of stories and hundreds of different examples all the way from kindergarten through 12th grade. We've done this at every grade level. And so a lot of stories come to mind. What has been your results? Before we hear about Carlos, what has been the results that you found as far as making a difference in the bullying? So we have to date have had a hundred percent success rate. It seems unbelievable, right? It seems unbelievable. <laughs> we're going to talk about rating and we're going to talk about the rating scale in a minute because that's the that's why. A lot of people will ask us, well, how do you know that this is really working? Because it's based on the kid's experience and whether or not their wish has come true. So right. all that, those preferred experiences and those relationships, it's all based on that. So that's when we determine, okay, it's successful because each one of those cases once the kid says, I feel so safe at school, my wish has come true. Like we said, every wish is different, um, but they'll say things like, oh my gosh, my wish has come true. Like kids are saying hi to me. They're eating with me at lunch or maybe a different case. They'll say now kids are inviting me to play and I yeah. have like kids always it's the desired me. outcome. The desired yeah. outcome of what they, what they targeted as their desired outcome happens. So you could say that in the cases that you have talked about, when you use a a interview, like what we're going to talk about, you guys have been able to have a hundred percent success. That is so beautiful to me. And I can say that I have success when I use a similar method. So it's beautiful. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about just a little bit about how this would go when you're talking to a student and you guys could use a, a real life example that you've dealt with. Okay, so I got an email from a counselor, and she requested support for this student named Carlos, and she said, I really think he would benefit from an undercover anti-bullying team. He's been getting bullied, and I said, okay, let's meet with him. So our first step is to always meet with a student. So we brought him in, and we asked him what's been going on. And Carlos is just a very monotone, has a monotone voice, very flat affect. Matter of fact, um, everything is just like, this is how it is. And he shared that, um, he said, I've been getting bullied since kindergarten. And I said, let's, let's start with just this year. Like what's been happening? What's been going on this year? And he said, well, 
when I come into school, kids um, step on the back of my heels, they trip me, and then they they know that I'm going to get really mad and angry and yell, and then I get in trouble for it, kind of like that student that you were sharing about earlier. And he said, at lunchtime, um, I sit down at lunch to eat, and then every single day I have to move. And mm-hmm. kids tell me to move over. And then I go home and from the classroom to where I get picked up, kids roll up these papers and they hit me upside the head. And we asked him how everything has been like affecting him. All of this bullying has been affecting him at school, at home. And he said, "Um, my mom has been just like really worried um, she has, is angry because she's been trying to like get things to stop. And I hate coming to school. I don't do my work and I don't like the kids in my class. And, um, we asked him to rate the problem on a scale of zero to 10 with zero being there's no bullying and 10 being, this is the worst bullying ever. So how strong is it? And he said, it's a 10. Once he rated the problem, the 10, we asked him, how do you prefer things to be? If there was no problem of bullying, what would it look like? And he said, well, I would want to come to school um, and be able to do my work. I'd want to be able to eat my lunch where I want to eat. And I'd want to be able to just um, be able to walk out of school, out of my door, my classroom door, and go home in peace. And we said, that's not too much to ask. And we find that a lot. No, we find that every, almost every single student who's getting bullied, they ask things that are never too much to ask. They're not asking for the moon and the stars. They are, they, they want to just find peace. So he was just like, I want, I just want to be left alone. And I want to be able to come to school and do my work. And so we offered him the intervention of the undercover anti-bullying team. He accepted. Then we worked together to choose students who have power and influence in his class in the areas where he was getting bullied. We also then worked with him to go line by line through his story and then we said, okay, now that you're, you, we have your story, we have the names. And the names are students who not only have the influence and power and don't bully him, but also there are also the students who are doing the bullying. He chooses those students. Right. Basically, you moved from, tell me what happened, to what would you rather have be happening? Is that yes. basically like how you turn yes, that yes. corner? Okay. Yes. So, and so because I think that's that's where sometimes people stop is what happened. They don't take mm-hmm. that turning the corner to kind of paint that new picture of mm-hmm. what would you rather have happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then, in order to help them, you enlist their peers and or the people at the. It might yeah. not you know the people that are actually with them, the students, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So so alongside Carlos, he, he decides 
who are the students who are doing the worst of this? And who are the students who don't bully him, who are not doing this bullying, but also have power and influence? Mm-hmm. And then we also enlist the support and help of the counselor, the teacher. They also look, take a look at the list um, and they they confirm, oh, yes, these are really great candidates to be on the team or not. And if they, you know, if it's not, then they they give their own suggestions, too. But ultimately, Carlos has that final say. Yeah. So we're always working alongside him. He has all of that say along the way. So I kind of just think that this is that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Now, we're not going to be able to have time to get into everything that you guys do. But if you picture, because once I went through the full training in my in my own district over here in Corona, um, if you picture a situation where what you guys do is you bring those students in and engage them in such a way where they become just as excited about helping this problem as the child who wishes that this problem would be different. And I think that that's a really powerful narrative that just like it changes everything yeah. because when I myself brought some kids in and it's scary because you're bringing bullies in and you're bringing kids that you're like, Oh, you know, they might be on student council, but they're not a part of this problem necessarily. But when you bring them together for a common cause of helping somebody, our gosh, it's like our, our human, our human desire to make things better kick in, you know, yeah. and, and it kicks in. And so I know that we don't have time here to go into all of that, but I want to just stop right here right now. And if there are people that this is making them curious, it's making them think, I would like to learn more. I want my school district or my school to be able to have some new tools to deal with bullying in a completely different way that's child-centered. Tell us how they can find you and how we can like, get how they can go about getting this training that you guys, I've already been a part of and I love it. Yeah, they can go to www.eliminatebullying.com and they can also email me or Michelle. My email address is restorativestephanie.fletcher at gmail.com. And Michelle, do you want to give your email? Sure. Um, it's restorativemichellemyers at gmail.com. So you can email both of us if you want more information. And, um, but please do go to the website because it has information about our upcoming workshop in February. And if you go to the website, you can also get access to a free, um, resource, a free tool that shows the difference between what bullying is and what it's not, what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Eliminatebullying.com, right? That is so, that's so amazing. I mean, I just can imagine that how awesome is it that you guys get to focus on this important work in your community and now you're able to reach out and help people like me that are not in your sphere of influence and, and help the people that are in my school. So how is it that you guys move the conversation from them just wishing it could be different to them seeing a hope for the future. So um, that's exactly true from what you're saying is we're bringing the, this just thinking positive idea that you always hear so much. So how do we move towards a reality where we actually 
generate that real experience. Mm. So once they share that wish, that conversation at that point is very hopeless and very discouraging. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we tell them that we do have this really unique intervention. And the way it works is we, we're going to invite you to share who are the most powerful, popular kids that other kids listen to. And that can encourage kindness and respect and friendliness and can encourage the kids to behave in, in ways that would make this wish come true. Ah. So then so now do you change your experience at school. So it shifts yeah. from a wish and now your experience is actually shifted into a real counter story. It's like all of a sudden they think, wait a minute, my experience might actually be able to change. Like you can and- wish come true like how yeah like how is this do you like see a switch in there like is there a point where you guys kind of like see the people you're working with lean in and then they like believe it you know like (laughs) now we're shifting the conversation from oh we're going to bring the kids in the room we're going to tell them what they did wrong and then they're going to get suspended then we're going to change your schedule and we're going to do all these things to you going back to that premise we're going to do stuff to you we're going to make you have to have make new friends have be in new classes or transfer your schools. Now it becomes to this hope and possibility of, well, how are you going to do this? This seems really weird, but I'm interested. Like, tell yeah, me more. I'm curious. What's yeah. going on? Is this? Yeah. When we are able to make a new narrative for our life and walk in that direction, it's like two parallel paths. One is of dread and nothing's ever going to get better. And then they move to this other path of, wait a minute, there might be a different future. Like, I know you guys believe in that, but I'd love to talk about that just for a moment. The power in helping people understand that there's a possibility of hope is huge. It's huge for our world, really. Right. But um, what have you guys found in all the kiddos' eyes that you've looked at? Um, you know, what helps you keep on believing in this, in the power of the hope that then what this does? Life changing. It is. Like when you, when we have that first, um, progress monitoring meeting after we start the intervention, even sometimes in that first interview with care, the the hope isn't fully like realized. Um, it's not until after the intervention is launched and then we see them for the first time and you just see they look brighter and happier. And maybe that first interview, they're pretty bummed and, you know, you see that sad expression, but they walk in like, oh my gosh, I see like what what I, how I prefer things to be is becoming real. Wow. Yeah. And I think that just having that first problem story and, and then comparing it and being able to compare it to that new, the new story, that counter story that we have when, when they rate the problem a zero and we ask them, like, how are things now? How are things between you and those other students? What's been going on? How are they treating you? What is the interactions? All of that. And we, we get that same questioning and the same story. And they're like, like Michelle said, like, they're lit up. They're a different person. Their (laughs) affect is different. They're smiling. Their eyes are brighter. They, they feel comfortable in their own skin. And, and it is just this like transformative story. And that's really like what keeps us going because that's beautiful. We hear lots of sad, sad experiences of kids, but 
it's like we know that the interventions that we're providing make a difference. And then when the students experience it themselves, it's like, yes, another one. Like, yes, this is so great. So talk to me about, and this will be the, we'll wrap up after the, this, but let's talk about scaling. Um, this this 10 to, and you guys are saying like, let's rate this. How, how Explain to me how you guys do it. It is very simpler, similar to solution focused, but it's a powerful tool that you guys use in your intervention is the scaling piece of it. Yeah. So talk to me about that. So once we um, launch the intervention and the this team of undercover agents make this plan and they go out and do their mission to have this kid's wish come true and become a reality, um, then we meet back with that student in private. Okay. So that's our first progress monitoring. So the story of Carlos, what we would do is we pull Carlos in in private without the team. And then that way he gets a chance to share, like, what has he been noticing? How much closer are we getting to that zero rating? What have the kids been doing? And so we asked that same scaling question. Last time we met with you, the first time we met, you said it was a 10. You said it was the biggest, strongest, most horrible problem ever. Where is it at today? And how is it bigger? Is it smaller? Is it the same? And it that first team meeting, it's it's usually always smaller, um, and most of the time it's it's cut by half or even more. And then we invite them to share exactly the specifics of what they're noticing and why they rated it smaller. Okay, all right, that is huge. Yeah, right. so it's like they they might just say that they, it went down two points. Right. But rather than focusing on that, you're saying what happened to make those yes. two points change, we don't right? Say, Why is it still not a zero? Right. We say, How did it get two points smaller? What mm-hmm. did you notice? What else do you need to see this week? So it moves a couple more inches. Now, then, I know you guys say the same thing to the group that's helping this child uh, change their, their world. Yes. And what happens when they, you know, discover that it's going down? Like, how do you, how do they? How do they react and how does that go? So then they get comfortable with the whole scaling language too. Um, they understand that we're monitoring their their mission and how successful their work is based on that scale. Yeah. So they, they get really excited. So a lot of times right before we even get a chance to start, kids are still coming in the room. We're still assembling a circle. They're like, is it a zero yet? Is it a zero yet? Like how how good is our plan working? Yeah. What, what did Carlos say? Did Carlos, we're like, okay, hold on. Like everybody's coming in. We know you're excited. We're going to share with you the new rating. Um, and so we alternate those sessions back and forth and the kids share. It just becomes a huge celebration each meeting. So even like you said, even if it moves to two dials, mm-hmm. that's still a celebration. And so we praise every like praise report like, oh, I invited Carlos to lunch. We're like, yay. Yeah, what's you know, working? What's yes, working, what's right? Working. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the next week, the same thing. So we alternate those sessions. And so Carlos will scale like an eight the first time, then a six and then a four. Mm-hmm. And we keep working until it's at a zero. Uh-huh. And usually that those last couple team meetings, when when the kiddo rates it like a two, the kids come in all tense. They're all eager and excited. Like, is it a zero yet? Like, they just, <laughs> like working towards um, that rating. But they know every meeting's a celebration um, because we're getting closer, and yeah. and it's, it's we're moving towards um, that hope and that new story. Yeah, and I found that when I ran a mini one like this, is that. Um, they're more than happy to go back to the drawing board, you know, oh, like yeah. they're like, okay, all right, let's figure this out. What else could we do? You know, yeah. <laughs> they're 
yeah, how can you beef up your plan? Oh, we forgot about dismissal. Oh, I got dismissal or, oh yeah, we forgot about arrival. And yes, they're so like excited and eager to, to be the ones that had the expertise in the community because they are the experts Mm -hmm. and to know that we relied on them and their expertise. And it's because of them why the plan worked. It's not because of the adults. It's because of the kids in their community. And the rating scale is something that I'll mention frequently when we're talking about solution-focused, but I'm not sure if we often talk about the power of how rating it and the feeling of knowing that this action is being taken, it's like that's what builds the hope. Like Every time they get a little closer to that zero, their hope grows. And yes. their hope rises. And then and then it, it's like a momentum thing, right? Yes. And haven't you seen the other side of it where it's just insane that we think that this would work, where we come in and talk about everything that's going wrong, and then we expect them to go out energized to do it different. You know what? You guys were all in trouble again for the same thing. You know, like we were right. like, how do we ever think that that's going to make a difference? But when you guys turned on your, on, on its foot and say, not only am I putting the ball in your court, but we're going to celebrate those little times that we're going closer and closer to the goal. Yeah. Yeah. We could focus on the problem story during those progress monitoring, but we don't. Once, Mm -mm. once we move past that wish and assemble the team, we don't go back to the problem and we don't, our conversations aren't like, well, why isn't it at a zero? Why isn't it completely gone? No, we're saying it's a little bit better. We're celebrating in inches. Yay. And then now this week, it's a little better. We're a little closer. And that student who that originally walked in where it was like hopeless, now they're realizing, wow, they are really going to stick with this until it gets to a zero. Like yeah. they're not going to, they're not going to stop when we're halfway there. Yeah. Every inch is a celebration, and then I, I'm the one who gets to evaluate it. I get mm-hmm. to decide once we've arrived, not the adult. I don't go, things are good, right? I want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> we ask them how they're experiencing it, and it's all based on their experience. Yeah, yeah. I know coming from a solution-focused background, was that easy for you to kind of move forward with Stephanie or is it similar to the the way we, we do it in solution focused or is it oh, diff- yeah. a little different? Yeah, it okay. was, that's, I mean, that was basically like the link. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, it's like the link that like tied everything together. Um, because when we're looking at narrative, mm-hmm. there's the, it's creating that story right Which is huge. And yeah. we're moving toward this new counter story this um and way of being for a student and with the the scale there's this this concreteness too with it that has been really beneficial for us and that's like the that's kind of like the piece of solution focus like that little homage to solution focus that we have there um because that way it's it's very much easier for kids um the the adolescents very much so because it's concrete 
mm-hmm. and they can see and and they can share that. Um, with the little kids, we have to be a little more creative in our scaling and how we scale, and that's fine. But they get it. They're like, oh, it's like it's like only this big now, or it's yeah. like so little, it's so small, um, it's not there anymore, right? Um, yeah, so- I was looking. I probably have the little thing that I've been using because this is the way uh, all our kids that are at, at risk with my savers. I don't know if you guys use that too at your district, um, they do their little uh, assessments. And then when I go and talk to the kids, I just give them a little sticky pad with a one to 10 and tell them to put their finger where it is, you know, because they, I'm like, okay, if this is 10 and this is one, put your finger where it's at. So they don't have to, you know, worry yeah. about uh, trying to think of the actual number. Right. You know? But, uh, but it's, it's also, it doesn't leave things to interpretation for me. Yeah. And mm. I'm, allowing the students to say, this is where they feel that that problem lies right now. And it's getting less and less each time we meet, or maybe there's a little bump in the road, but now we know, and we can work toward getting it back down mm-hmm. and, and lessening and lessening it. So it's, it's still very much this it's student driven. It's never something that I get to decide, like, I'm going to only meet with the students in progress monitor mm-hmm. for four weeks and then I'm done. And, and it worked. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Based on what I've witnessed or observed on the yes. program, like, Oh, I didn't see any evidence of bullying on the soccer field. So right. I'm sure good. No, we it's yeah, we progress monitored. Well, yeah, who, progress, who progress monitored? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Would the adults walk out and just kind of look around or? <laughs> yeah. That was how we did this. I know. Well, I, I think that's a huge part of moving it from a random wish in their mind that they think could never happen to the actual hope of change and then to, to hopefulness, you know, mm-hmm. where now they're hopeful for their future mm-hmm. and now they've changed. Yeah. Um, it changes us. I, I even think that the kids are more excited when they have not only a narrative, but a way to track that narrative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Well, I thank you guys so much. I am so thankful that we finally made this time to talk. We're all, we all just had to make it happen when our busy worlds, you know, all of us have a heart for our, our community and for our kids. But that's the same as every person that's listening to this podcast. You listen to this podcast because you have a heart to make it better, to help people find that better preferred future that's out there. And I really encourage you guys to look Michelle and Stephanie up and get their input. You know, even if you just send them a random email, they might be able to say, you know, our program could work well in your situation or just to be an encouragement because we're all in this together. Right, ladies? Yeah. Right. Our very last question, what hopeful thing do you think that you would like to just launch our listeners out to feel like they can be able to take some ownership of this and do something that makes a difference? If you are wanting to get started, um, I would definitely go on Amazon, get the book Safe and Peaceful Schools by John Winslet and Mike Williams. Um, it's chapter nine in their book. And that that's the premise and the basis of, of, of the work that we do. Um, and it started with a six page paper, right, Michelle? And Michelle started this. I'm sorry. It was like a six page idea, like yeah. an article before it came into the book. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like it is, it is doable, um, with, with nothing, with like just the, the drive and the desire, um, to help kids who are, who are getting bullied. Mm. So if that's something that like, you know, our listeners as educators want to do, definitely do that. And then like for parents, um, keep asking open-ended questions to your kiddos. Be, be there to listen. I know sometimes it can be hard <laughs> and you just want to tell them what to do. Cause I know that's how sometimes I feel, but, um, when you can be open and just listen and be an ear, then you get to hear more of, of your kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? I'm hopeful that our educators that are listening will have the courage to try it. Um, Because I think a lot of times we hear in education, like, well, what if it doesn't work? What if, what if they don't want to help? What if the kids don't want to accept the mission? What if they don't want to participate? What if I can't get Mm -hmm. the student to want the team? And we always say, but if you don't try it, then it's, going like it's for sure not going to work because you didn't implement <laughs> anything but at least if you try it there's a chance that it might work and I think about um Dr. Winsay would always talk about other professions like in the medical field and how if there's a chance that this surgery might go be successful and this person will live then I'm going to do it even if it's a 30 percent success rate we're like it's worth it yeah right and we need to have that same mindset. Like we want to just try new things. Yes. We don't want to rule it out because, yeah. Because there's yeah. a chance it might not work. Um, we've had 100% success rate and we'd be happy to troubleshoot through things if you have any hiccups, but just um, just do it. And then our parents out there, um, my hope is that you encourage your schools to come to our training. Yeah. And then that way we can, we want to equip the entire nation Yes. Um, so that way we don't have any kids suffering from bullying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you don't have the right answers to say to your child or to the students, even if you can just be there with them and have that empathy and tell them, you know, thank you for telling me like what Stephanie was saying, or I'm sorry you're going through this. That's going to be stories matter so right? to them. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. I know that this is a very tough topic and that's kind of why we have situations like this where we all talk together. People that are listening today in Florida, in Ohio, in all of these places where we're like, we are, we're all having this same situation. How can we help? And I want each and every one of you, if you are a part of any community that you have some influence, lead them towards eliminatebullying.com. I know it's helped me so much and I'm going to put it in the show notes. And I just believe in you guys' work so much. And I believe in it because it's hope-driven. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much for inviting us. Before you go, don't forget to check the show notes where I'm going to leave the links to my social media and the different places you can find me. And I want to invite you to be a part of my email community. It's absolutely free. And this year I'm doing so much writing and so much reflecting, and I want to send things directly to you. I send the special notes to my email community and you can email me right back. You have a direct line to ask me questions without any barriers of a website or anything. Check the show notes for that link or go to thefocusedmindset.com. And if you click on getting the journal prompts, 
you also automatically are able to be a part of my community. And if you're interested in supporting this program, there's three ways to do it. One, make sure you're following this program so it comes up as one of your favorites. Two, share it either on your social media or with someone you love straight to their email. And the third is to leave a review. And I love reading those. By supporting this program, we're helping people be solution focused. See you next week.